Section 40 of A Failure of Initiative. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. A Failure of Initiative. Final Report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to Investigate the Preparation for and Response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Medical Care, Part 1 It's like being in a third-world country. We're trying to work without power. Everyone knows we're all in this together. We're just trying to stay alive. Mitch Handrich, Registered Nurse Manager at Charity Hospital Medical care and evacuations suffered from a lack of advance preparations, inadequate communications, and difficulties coordinating efforts. Summary Public health preparedness and medical assistance are critical components to any disaster response plan. Hurricane Katrina tested the nation's planning and preparedness for a major public health threat and highlighted the importance of strong cooperation and partnerships among health agencies at all levels of government. The threat of any type of disaster emphasizes the need for planning and practice. Public health preparedness and medical assistance are critical components to any disaster response plan. The faster the health community responds, the more quickly control strategies can be developed and appropriate treatments can be identified, and the faster human suffering is diminished. The annual hurricane season is a continuous challenge to public health infrastructures and a strain on resources. As seen in the preparation for and response to Katrina, medical personnel, supplies, and equipment were in constant need in the Gulf Coast region. Despite deficiencies in coordination, communication, and capacity, public health and medical support services effectively treated a massive and overwhelming evacuee population. Federalized teams of medical first responders were deployed to the affected region to provide assistance. Millions of dollars' worth of medical supplies and assets were consumed. Some Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, assets, like the federal medical shelters, had never been used or tested prior to Katrina, but were deployed and were, for the most part, considered effective. Despite difficulties, the medical assistance and response to Hurricane Katrina was a success. Thousands of lives were saved because of the hard work and enduring efforts of public health officials and medical volunteers. Poor planning and preparedness, however, were also too big a part of the story, resulting in delays and shortages of resources and loss of life in the region. This chapter outlines what medical personnel and supplies were pre-positioned and deployed post-landfall to the affected area, and how those assets were utilized. It explains the plans in place prior to Hurricane Katrina for health care facilities and shelters. The findings in this chapter 
conclude that several deficiencies in public health and medical response plans exist at all levels of government and within medical care facilities ultimately better planning and initiative would have resulted in a more proactive coordinated efficient and effective response personnel hhs health and human services and the department of homeland security dhs have the capabilities to mobilize and deploy teams of medical personnel to disaster areas hhs controls the public health service commissioned corps the medical reserves corps and personnel from its agencies such as the centers for disease control and prevention cdc national institutes of health substance abuse and mental health services administration and the food and drug administration dhs specifically fema has direct control over the national disaster medical system ndms which supplies and organizes teams of medical personnel in each state who stand ready to deploy at any moment unfortunately limited numbers of personnel were pre-positioned prior to landfall and most deployments were delayed until after the storm hit and the magnitude of devastation was realized supplies in addition to medical personnel hhs fema and the department of defense dod have medical supplies at their disposal to respond to a public health emergency hhs has control over the strategic national stockpile sns a national repository of pharmaceuticals and medical supplies ndms personnel teams are always accompanied by large caches of supplies and drugs dod has a mobile medical unit capability as well limited amounts of supplies however were staged in the region prior to landfall several officials argued the magnitude of the storm's devastation could not have been predicted and the amount of supplies needed was unknown until the fog cleared despite that argument more supplies and personnel could have been pre-positioned prior to landfall evacuation plans communication and coordination must be executed well for effective response during the days following hurricane katrina around-the-clock media coverage of patients and staff trapped in new orleans hospitals inundated television screens across the country the nation watched in horror how long would it take for evacuations to begin and why had these hospitals not evacuated before the storm the select committee focused part of its medical investigation on these questions as well as the overarching issues of impaired communications and lack of coordination the select committee acknowledges this chapter does not tell the story of every hospital devastated by hurricane katrina nor does it include every detail of the communications and coordination difficulties which impeded the medical response rather this chapter provides findings based on an in-depth examination of specific plans in place before the storm and a timeline of events that actually took place after the storm 
similarly the select committee recognizes this section of the report focuses on the evacuations of new orleans medical facilities in particular because new orleans hospitals and facilities experienced the most complete failure of equipment and communications and because the need to evacuate new orleans hospital patients was so extreme the select committee chose these institutions as its focal point evacuations as it stands louisiana hospitals and nursing homes are responsible for having and implementing their own emergency evacuation plans the louisiana hospital association lha does not provide specific emergency response or evacuation guidance and said with respect to protecting patients and staff the primary priority for all hospitals is to shelter in place versus evacuate hospitals are however expected to comply with requirements set forth by the joint commission on accreditation of health care organizations the majority of hospital ceos as well as state and local medical personnel with whom the select committee met cited time and money as two key factors influencing their decision about whether to evacuate patients from a shelter or medical facility prior to a hurricane time is critical given that the majority of hospital and department of veterans affairs medical center vamc plans call for evacuation decisions to be made anywhere from thirty six to seventy two hours in advance of a hurricane's projected landfall hospitalized patients require a significant amount of time and staff to be moved safely in the case of hurricane katrina the then methodist hospital ceo larry graham said when he realized hurricane katrina was going to hit new orleans there simply was not enough time to evacuate patients the second much discussed factor cost is perhaps even more critical to the decision expenses for evacuating a hospital are astronomical and in the case of for-profit hospitals these costs are not reimbursable by fema in most cases hospitals say that given their cost risk analyses it makes the most economic sense to ride out a storm and protect patients within the hospital rather than evacuate them for example going to code gray alone without factoring in evacuation expenses costs louisiana state university's hospitals six hundred thousand dollars per day many members of the new orleans medical community likewise made the point had hurricane katrina not resulted in such catastrophic flooding their facilities would have been prepared and their decision not to evacuate patients would have been the most prudent course of action with the factors of time and money in mind this chapter seeks to understand evacuation plans in place prior to katrina and the preparedness levels of hospitals and the government to fully evacuate new orleans medical facilities communication and coordination medical responders and coordinating officers from the government hospitals and private entities cited non-existent or limited communication capabilities as a primary obstacle to their response emergency plans in place prior to hurricane katrina 
did not prevent oversights and confusion in procedures for ensuring functional and sufficient communications equipment in the event of a disaster. A comparison of the VAMC plans for Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, for example, demonstrates they are not standardized. Some pieces of VAMC's communications plans do clearly outline the who, what, where, and when of keeping communication systems operating, while other VAMC plans leave many questions unanswered. Most VAMC and hospital emergency plans reviewed by the Select Committee staff do not have one separate section devoted to communications preparation. The LHA and its hospitals rely on multiple phone service providers, and all LHA hospitals rely on an emergency two-way radio, such as Hospital Emergency Area Radio, HEAR, or 800 MHz radio. This chapter describes how VAMC and hospital emergency plans address emergency communications and equipment, as well as exactly how such plans and equipment failed medical responders when they most needed it. One of the most common and pervasive themes in the response to Hurricane Katrina has been the systematic failure of communications at the local, state, and federal levels, a failure that hindered initiative. The accounts of New Orleans medical facilities and special needs shelters are no exception, underscoring how failed communications with the outside threatened the safety of medical staff and the lives of their patients. It was difficult to ascertain a clear timeline of communication capabilities and failures for medical first responders and personnel. Institutions did not have time to collect information for hourly or even daily reports of how communication equipment and systems were working or not. Medical responders and personnel simply did not have adequate communications capabilities immediately following the hurricane. The majority of cell phones were rendered inoperable because they could not be recharged. Satellite communications were unreliable, and the distribution of satellite phones appeared insufficient. Government agencies also encountered problems with coordination due to red tape and general confusion over mission assignments, deployments, and command structure. On a large scale, command structure presented problems when HHS, the Coordinating Agency for Emergency Support Function 8, and NDMS, the system that houses most of the resources needed for a medical response, did not share an understanding of who controlled NDMS during the emergency. Confusion resulted when these two entities were operating separately, albeit with efforts to coordinate with each other. On a smaller scale, emails from first responders and medical personnel immediately following the storm reflect coordination problems, misunderstandings about deployment orders and mission assignments, resulted in streams of emails expressing uncertainties and frustrations. ESF-8 Background HHS is the principal agency for protecting the health of all Americans and providing essential human services, especially for those who are least able to help themselves. 
as such hhs plays a role in the emergency management process under the national response plan nrp emergency support function 8 esf8 provides for the federal government to augment state and local resources and assist in response upon activation esf8 provides the mechanism for coordinated federal assistance to supplement state local and tribal resources in response to public health and medical care needs to include veterinary and or animal health issues when appropriate for potential or actual incidents of national significance and or during a developing potential health and medical situation the assistant secretary for public health emergency preparedness serves on behalf of the secretary to coordinate the hhs preparation for response to and efforts to prevent public health and medical emergencies or disasters esf eight is tasked with the assessment of public health and medical needs including behavioral health conducting public health surveillance and the provision and deployment of medical care personnel and medical equipment and supplies as the designated primary agency for esf eight hhs is responsible for orchestrating federal support within their functional area for an affected state providing staff for the operations functions at fixed and field facilities notifying and requesting assistance from support agencies managing mission assignments and coordinating with support agencies as well as appropriate state agencies working with appropriate private sector organizations to maximize use of all available resources supporting and keeping other esfs and organizational elements informed of esf operational priorities and activities executing contracts and procuring goods and services as needed ensuring financial and property accountability for esf activities planning for short-term and long-term incident management and recovery operations and maintaining trained personnel to support interagency emergency response and support teams while hhs has a number of internal assets to supplement state local and tribal government entities the national response plan lists a number of additional external assets for hhs to use in coordinating the federal response support agencies under esf 8 include department of homeland security fema and the national disaster medical system department of defense veterans administration and the department of transportation dot finding deployment of medical personnel was reactive not proactive federalized teams were deployed and provided assistance in several locations after landfall thousands of people in the gulf region were treated and hundreds of lives were saved due to the services provided by medical personnel in response to hurricane katrina however with few medical personnel teams pre-positioned prior to landfall public health officials scrambled to mobilize and deploy personnel teams after the storm hit the gulf coast 
as a result medical assistance in some areas was unnecessarily delayed by hours even days personnel and supplies are readily available to decision-makers with a few exceptions the deployment of medical personnel was reactive not proactive as most assets were not utilized until after the need was apparent ultimately public health and medical support services were effectively but inefficiently delivered below is a comprehensive assessment of when and where medical personnel were deployed in the gulf coast region to provide medical treatment and care ndms national disaster medical system fema is home to the ndms the mission of ndms is to maintain a national capability to deliver quality medical care to the victims and responders of a domestic disaster ndms has medical mortuary and veterinarian assistance teams located around the country these specialized teams include 45 disaster medical assistance teams dmats groups of professional and paraprofessional medical personnel capable of providing medical care following disasters 11 disaster mortuary operational response teams dmorts which consist of private citizens with specialized training and experience to help in the recovery identification and processing of deceased victims four national medical response teams to deal with the medical consequences of incidents potentially involving chemical biological or nuclear materials national pharmacy response teams and national nurse response teams which include pharmacists and nurses to assist in mass dispensing of medications during disasters along with mass vaccination campaigns five veterinary medical assistance teams clinical veterinarians pathologists animal health technicians microbiologists and others who assist animal disaster victims and provide care to the search dogs and three international medical surgical response teams highly specialized teams trained and equipped to establish freestanding field surgical facilities anywhere in the world fully operational dmats have the ability to triage and treat up to 250 patients per day for up to three days without resupply within four hours of alert status dmats should be able to field a full 35 person roster within six hours after activation dmats should be deployment ready before hurricane katrina made landfall ndms only staged nine of its 45 dmats in the gulf coast region three dmats and a management support team were pre-positioned in each of the following locations anniston alabama memphis tennessee and houston texas according to fema officials the superdome in new orleans was the first ndms assignment because it was a designated special needs shelter dmat oklahoma one ok one dmat was pre-staged in houston texas on august twenty seventh in anticipation of the storm 
OK-1-D mat efforts will be discussed more thoroughly in a later section of this chapter. In addition to OK-1-D mat, other teams at the Superdome included NM-1, CA-6, and RI-1. WA-1-DMAT from Washington was one of the few teams activated and deployed prior to landfall. It was staged in Houston and was poised to move its mission assignment post-landfall, which ended up being Louis Armstrong International Airport in New Orleans, New Orleans Airport. FEMA activated OR2-DMAT from Oregon on August 30th, and immediately began treating patients when the team arrived at the New Orleans airport on the afternoon of September 1st. As previously mentioned, every DMAT includes a large cache of medical supplies and equipment. It is much easier to move personnel than supplies. Although the OR2 DMAT's cache left Portland on August 31st, it took almost five days for the three trucks of supplies to reach the airport. By August 31st, three DMATs, WA-1, CA-4, and TX-4, had arrived at the New Orleans airport, where evacuated patients were being received. Eventually, eight DMATs would be stationed there to help provide medical care during the patient movement operations in New Orleans, the medical treatment provided and specific actions taken by the DMATs operating at the airport will be discussed in a later section of this chapter. With Mississippi's hospital infrastructure decimated after Hurricane Katrina, nine DMATs and seven DMAT strike teams were sent to that state to provide medical care and augment the remaining functioning hospitals. Mississippi's state health officer, Dr. Brian W. Amy testified that, through coordination with the National Disaster Medical System, we position DMAT teams at every affected hospital and strike teams at overflow hospitals in the affected areas. Of the 17,649 reported injuries, DMAT teams treated 15,500 patients in the initial days after landfall. In general, at most locations, DMATs were deployed. The teams met with overwhelming demand for patient assessment and treatment. Many of the teams operated under extreme fatigue, with limited medical supplies, inadequate amounts of food and water, intermittent electricity, and no air conditioning. DMORTs, teams of private citizens with specialized training and experience to help in the recovery, identification, and processing of deceased victims, were sent to the Gulf Coast to assist in the recovery process of dead bodies. A standard DMORT team is comprised of 31 medical and forensic volunteer personnel, with specific training in victim identification, mortuary services, and forensic pathology and anthropology methods. DMORTs include a combination of medical examiners, coroners, pathologists, forensic anthropologists, medical records, fingerprint technicians, forensic odontologists, dental assistants, radiologists, funeral directors, mental health professionals, and support personnel. 
fully operational demorts should be able to deploy within twenty-four hours of notification with only two portable morgue units pmu in ndms one was sent to louisiana and the other to mississippi pmus are equipped to support demort services when no local morgue facilities are available each is manned by four demorts fema did not have enough demorts and was forced to contract for additional personnel hhs worked closely with demorts and fema by embedding public health service personnel in each team a public health service senior officer and mental health officer were assigned to assist each demort on thursday september first twenty seven region two demorts prepared to leave for anniston alabama a site designated as the eastern staging point for the demort response on monday september fifth one week after landfall hhs assistant secretary for public health emergency preparedness stuart simonson requested ample mobile mortuary services throughout the affected region an order for two hundred mobile mortuary trucks was issued with one hundred and thirty designated to louisiana and seventy to be delivered to mississippi by the next day mortuary services were being established in st gabriel louisiana with ninety-six personnel fema and louisiana collaborated on drafting a body recovery plan which required the approval of then fema director michael brown and louisiana's newly appointed state medical examiner in mississippi mortuary services were established at the naval air station in gulfport by september sixth one demort had set up facilities there u s public health service commissioned corps the u s public health service commissioned corps one of the seven uniformed services of the united states is comprised of highly trained and mobile health professionals who carry out programs to promote good health understand and prevent disease and injury assure safe and effective drugs and medical devices deliver health services to federal beneficiaries and supply health expertise in time of war or other national or international emergencies all corps officers on deployment rosters were notified by the u s surgeon general's office via email on saturday august twenty seventh that hurricane katrina could be a catastrophic event creating the need for medical assistance in the gulf coast after landfall at the time of the email there was no assessment of what will be needed at this point but they will potentially ask the feds for medical mental health and pharmaceutical support as well as ehos environmental and civil engineers to support the obvious needs for water wastewater and sewer as well as infrastructure problems commissioned corps officers were asked to stand by and prepare for deployment as public health needs became apparent according to a briefing with u s surgeon general vice admiral richard h carmona the public health service phs had prepositioned thirty-eight officers on sunday august twenty eighth in baton rouge louisiana and biloxi mississippi it was originally planned for the phs officers to be stationed in new orleans 
but they were unable to get there before Hurricane Katrina made landfall. PHS officers were on the ground in New Orleans by late Monday, August 29th. Carmona suggested that coordination with PHS, FEMA, and NDMS was difficult. HHS had trouble with tracking DMAT mission assignments and with staffing and communication. Despite the assignment of a commissioned Corps officer liaison to FEMA to coordinate medical activities, coordination between the two agencies was lacking. PHS helped re-establish a public health infrastructure for some communities in the Gulf Coast region. For example, when New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin laid off a majority of the city's public health employees, PHS helped to fill the gaps. Public health services were never federalized. PHS just provided a federal presence. But the federal presence was absolutely stabilizing, Carmona said. By September 9th, more than 1,000 PHS Commissioned Corps officers had been deployed to the region in support of the Hurricane Katrina medical response, making it the largest response in Corps history. More officers were deployed in response to Katrina than after 9-11 and the anthrax postal incident in 2001. Commissioned Corps officers supplemented several medical response assignments. They worked side-by-side -side with the DMATs at the New Orleans airport, staffed the federal medical shelters at several locations in the Gulf Coast, assisted with CDC activities, accompanied SNS assets, and helped provide mental health services to the affected region. In general, PHS is a valuable operational asset to HHS and was a critical component to the medical response to Hurricane Katrina. However, despite having the capability to mobilize commissioned Corps officers at any time, PHS failed to deploy a significant number of officers to the region prior to landfall. End of Section 40